thank you everybody for tuning in to the first 2020 edition of Medivet Roundtable. Uh, I'm your host, Dylan Lancaster, and I'm joined by uh, this evening, as always, the stem cell guru himself, Dr. Larry Snyder. Thank you for joining us once again, Dr. Snyder. Oh, enjoy it. I wouldn't miss this for anything in the world. That's the truth. So since this is the first webinar of the year, I'd kind of like to start by informing you all of an awesome new program that we're offering here in 2020. And then I just want to open up the floor for questions. We really want to hear from you guys tonight, our valued partners. Uh, Dr. Snyder and I are all ears, so just take yourself off mute and join in the conversation whenever you see fit. So let's get to the really exciting stuff. And Dr. Snyder, I know that you're familiar with our spay-neuter banking program, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You just, uh, you guys just sweeten the deal tremendously <laughs> with that free banking. I mean, that's, I, I, I honestly couldn't believe it <clears throat> yeah. when I saw it because we've got, we've got some dogs that we entered in the program in the past years and to, to have free banking, it's, I mean, I mean the, for the veterinarian, I mean, Every spay or neuter you you do, you can yep. harvest you can harvest that. If you want to charge people for doing that while you're yep. doing your spay or neuter, that's fine. Because you're also going to be making money later on um, if the animal gets injured, the stem cells are there. So it's kind of like money in the bank along with the fact the stem cells are in the bank. Sure. I would still advise people to charge, you know, char if the insurance covers it there's absolutely no reason not to do it and that's definitely Number one two, thing that uh, that's definitely one thing that we're going to be working on here in absolutely is getting these insurance companies to go ahead and pick up that stem cell banking fee absolutely but for those of you that aren't familiar with the spay neuter banking program we call it bank now save later uh, so essentially you're just resecting a sample of that adipose fat while that animal is already under general anesthesia for a spay neuter uh, you all send that sample to us, we'll process it, and then we bank those stem cells in our cryo storage for the lifetime of the pet. Uh, Dr. Snyder is a huge promoter of this service, and you and I, I know we talked on the phone yesterday for about 20 minutes just about, you know, the benefits of this and the different things that may come up over the course of a dog's life where, you know, a pet owner is really going to see this as a really valuable proactive step. Uh, yes. Dr. Snyder, how would you kind of bring this up to a pet owner? How would you push this program to a pet owner? Actually, I, today I thought of another benefit with this, Dylan, that's, that's really, I consider it very big. Veterinarians have lost, you know, 20 years ago, a good part of our practice was were spays and neuters. We lost all of that to the humane societies and the low, low price spay and neuter clinics. They offer a sub, to, to my opinion, this is just my opinion, a lot of them offer substandard, substandard services for a substandard fee. Why can't we claim that back? Number one, if insurance pays for it, you're offering free banking for the life of that pet, and you're offering an improved service, better anesthesia, better anesthetic monitoring, better outcome for the pet, better safety for the pet, Plus, as an added bonus, they're getting the they're getting their stem cells stored for the life of that pet. So if something happens, and like we've talked about on the webinar before, I think there's a a huge potential for these stored stem cells in autoimmune disease. And I'm I'm not only talking about 
the, the pempagus or the lupus um, or the atopy. I'm talking about even, let's, we need to bring You brought like up immune-mediated anemia to me. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, to where we should be looking at that, not, not to where we're treating it with just the stem cells, but it starts, let's start modulating this immune system when at the start of things, when, when we can affect this immune system. I don't think anybody, any veterinarian out there enjoys treating autoimmune hemolytic anemia or thrombocytic immune anemia. I don't think anybody enjoys treating those because you think you've got them well-regulated, everything's going fine, and then they crash. Trying to wean them right. off the steroids is a nightmare. Um, the, the experts on on immune media diseases will tell you this is a, a disaster of a disease. I think we can have a huge out, improvement in outcome using stem cells. So this may be another one that, that although it's not being used now, I think there's a potential for us to really have a positive out, a, a positive it's like with, outcome. It's like with people. cruciate tears where there was always that right. potential there and then in 2019, it really seemed to explode where we saw a large number of veterinarians using stem cell therapy alone to treat their cruciate tears. I got, yeah. <clears throat> looks like Dr. Bird is on this call with us this evening as well. I know he's done a number of them and has had no great problem. success. Um, and so those are really the ones, exciting. those are the ones where we can really have an out. Nobody thought of that. And I think, to be really honest, I think that the conversation in five years on cruciate tears is going to be why would you ever consider putting a knife to that animal? Um, they, they'll probably, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion, we're going to see a lot more human needs for the same thing. I know Dr. Centeno, Dr. Chris Centeno in Colorado is using stem cells in, in humans for torn cruciates. Very, very beneficial outcome, or very, very positive outcomes. He injects a little bit different. He's trying to inject it at um, right at the tear in, in these cruciates, but we're seeing really good results with just getting into the joint. So I think we're going to see stem cells become the state of the art. They're going to be standard of care. And it may not take five years. Five years may be very much um, conservative because it's like how many, you know, come to think about it, Dylan, 10 years ago, Every torn cruciate in human was a surgical case. Sure. I mean, you'd open it up, you'd repair the cruciate, you'd put in, you'd put in a, a, another tendon to replace that one or synthetic material. The people were off their knee for, what, six weeks, eight weeks, and then the, uh, a, a rehabilitation after that. Now everything's arthroscopic, and there weren't a lot of trials. There weren't a lot of clinical trials done on going to that procedure it was just, hey, the, the, the patients demanded that the, the arthroscopic surgery be done because they could be up inside of two weeks starting to, starting to rehabilitate. So it was the patients that drove that, that, the genesis of, of going to arthroscopic surgery in humans. I think we're going to see the same thing in our pets once it becomes widely enough known to where people aren't going to want to spend the $10,000 for a surgery, and that may be conservative. I don't even know what they are in larger cities right. now to do, a, to do a TPLO. But they're going to go, why should we do that when we can spend one-fourth or less and have better outcome for our pets? It's just a matter of, of time and, and educating, their, educating our clients.
Yeah, I think you've uh, I think you've really hit on something there with when you said <clears throat> the potential for not having to go under the knife, and that kind of harkens back to that bank now save later program that we have. Correct where if you're able to harvest that fat and take those stem cells out at the point of that spay neuter, let's say the dog's seven or eight years old, tears its ACL, well, guess what? You have stem cells in the bank that you can just retrieve and it's ready for the treatment already. Um, so and I, and I just cells, wanna... And the cells are young. The yeah. cells are from that young animal. Right. Which I think most people will acknowledge that the, the stem cells from a young animal have a lot more up potential, even though from an aged animal, the stem cells do a wonderful job, but as far as regeneration from that young animal are gonna even be more uh, upside. So there's a lot of win-wins to this. Sure. And I, I think veterinarians you know, need to be number one, getting these, finding out what insurance companies are gonna cover this, getting their clients signed up for the insurance so they can, you can, you can be the one that's doing the spaying or the neutering on that animal to that bonds that that client a lot more to your clinic number one a huge reason and you've got the cells and it's not costing that the owner or the the insurance company should be just extremely happy to do this but we'll have to see how the insurance companies uh, uh, react to this i know you're going to be dylan you're going to be active or matt or or john yeah. going to be active in and talking to these insurance companies to find out which insurance companies, and I know you'll get back with the, with this group as well as the, uh, of course. The, the website as far as which insurance companies. I think an insurance company would be wise to look at this as far as it's promoting their business. And for those of you that are that are interested in what companies are currently covering stem cell therapy treatments, you can visit our website www.medivetbiologics.com. We have all that information on the website under that tab where it says pet insurance. So definitely check that out. And let me just talk about how we're taking this Bank Now Save Later program just a step further here in 2020. And let me just clarify what we mean when we say that free banking. So starting this year, we are announcing that we're now offering lifetime stem cell banking option for those Bank Now Save Later services. With this, uh, for just $695, which is only $200 more than our normal Bank Now Save Later service, you can bank a pet stem cells for their entire life, no $150 annual storage fees, so that your pet owners can rest easy knowing that the storage of those cells have been paid for upfront. So five, 10 years down the line, like I was saying in the case of a potential cruciate tear, look, you have that insurance policy, you have that plan in place, you can retrieve those cells and you can execute the treatment. So, I mean, really, like I said, it's a win-win-win. Dr. Snyder says that all the time when he talks about yeah. stem cell therapy. <laughs> it's a, it's a, Dr. Carlisle, if you're still on, do, yep. you, do, oh, yeah. do you do, uh, do you use a lot of insurance in your practice? I know you're doing a, uh, we talked earlier today, you're doing a, just a really good job of promoting, promoting stem cells. Do you use much insurance on, on your, uh, on your patients or, or advocate the, them to insure their pets? You know, we discuss it and, and we're, it's, there's so many different programs out there. And so I definitely put a note here that I have to check out your website pet insurance site but uh, you know we there's there's a lot of them and they change they constantly change they always try to uh, 
pick a couple of that you think are the best programs for your clients and you recommend it. And we're seeing more and more clients, um, you know, purchasing insurance programs uh, for their pets, but, but it still is not, I mean, it's the minority. It's not a very high number. It would be nice if it went, if it did get higher, but if you talk to the physicians, they would, they would tell you that, you know, once you get the great majority of your patients on insurance, then the insurance companies will take over. So, I, you know, I knew where, I knew where you were going. I knew, I knew where you yeah. were going with that one. It's like one of the, one of my friends who's a physician said, yeah, insurance is like having a bunch of eggs in a nest. You, you're constantly turning them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. it is, but I mean, as far as a practice builder, I think we're going to have to, to look at that. And I think and we knowing, have to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think we've talked before about the fact that millennials, as far as a group, tend to like um, things like insurance or or right. installments. So we might as well right. we might as well use that. And like I said, the 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 big thing to me is you can start getting back some of these spays and neuters that we've. That, to be real honest, and in the practice that I had, we've essentially written off all the spays and neuters because, I mean, we couldn't compete with uh, with the fifty dollars spays or the or the ten dollars neuters. Um, yeah, this gives you an opportunity, especially if we can get insurance involved and have free banking. It gets you back in the ball game real fast with a way to really promote your spays and neuters rather than rather than having them go somewhere else. I think it's I think it's gonna be a, a, a very big thing for veterinarians to take advantage of. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of added value uh, when you when you look at it Absolutely. that way. Especially Absolutely. like I said, it's a it's a proactive step. It's almost as if you're taking out an insurance policy on your pet. If something right. happens down the road, you know that you have an option. I think it's, I, I really congratulate Medivet for, for, like I said, I, at first I saw that and I said, you got to be kidding me. That must be a typo. That, that had to be incorrect. And the more I read, that's really, that's a very, very generous, very, very generous offering. I'm, I'm so very impressed. Can I, can I just clarify? So that um, the $690 covers the processing and the storage for life that's correct okay okay yep so no um, more so what no we, more 150 dollar annual yearly banking fees right if and, you have and, if you have the equipment we have the equipment in, in my practice yeah we do too yeah yep. we do too. there's going to be there's going to be a lot of people who aren't going to that are injuries injuries that that you're still going to process in clinic. I don't think we've we'll, we've cut down any uh, on the processing in clinic. It's just you offer these people maybe a way or you, you set it up to where you can go ahead and do the spay or neuter, get that surgery fee, and bond that clinic or bond that owner to your clinic because you're the stem cell clinic. So that's where they right. need to stay if they're going to get stem cells. I think it's tremendous. I'm I'm very pleased to be to get to see that happen, Dylan. I think it's sure. I think it's wonderful. 
Yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely really excited about it. And just to provide some more further clarification, we're not completely doing away with those $150 fees. If someone were to opt in to just the normal 495 spay neuter banking, they would still have those $150 annual banking fees. We're just providing another option for somebody that's looking, uh, lo looking more long-term, for example. <laughs> like, like, like six months, Dylan. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. I know I've told, I know I've told everyone on these webinars before about the, the 18 year old German short hair that we'd, that we had done. And I thought, what are the chances an 18 year old German short hair is going to need another dose of stem cells? Sure enough, the next year at 19 years old, the owner's back <laughs> wanting to retreat cocoa. So, I guess you you have to go, well, um, I guess you don't consider them to be too old until they until they pass away. That's right. That's right. We got a lot of a lot of dedicated pet owners out there. Absolutely. We want to foster that. <clears throat> how are how are other other people on the um do, do other people on the line or other people out there see the the same upside that I am I'm just curious if if uh, if I'm missing any downsides to to this if if anybody else will jump on I'd I'd really like to to see what other people what other people think of this or uh, to me how how we could how can we make this how could Medivet make this better or more attractive to the to the pet owners or as veterinarians, how can we make thing make this offer better, uh, more attractive to a pet owner? Yeah, so we'd we'd love to hear from you. If anybody out there has any suggestions, I know I'd like to hear them. For to, I'd forward them to the owner, <laughs> the owners of my my old practice, uh, as far as as far as uh, things to do. But um, are, are other people are other people seeing the same thing as I am, especially with spades and neuters. And um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just uh, of that age group that, that uh, had to endure, endure all the super low spay and neuter fees. This is uh, David Hilly in Dallas. Hey um, David, had long time, no talk. How you doing? Yes, very well, very well. Thank you. Um, our, my experience is, is that they're coming to us on the first visit already spayed and neutered because of because of uh, shelters and so forth uh, having a policy of and yeah. as and, and you know we my wife's hospital has a pet orphanage we have over 600 a year and so yes it's the policy of they don't leave your establishment until they're spayed and neutered and so you, you're not having i absolutely applaud uh, your, you know, your comment, and and that will be a little, you know, an extra little speaking point for that pet in front of you that is not spayed and neutered to mention right. that as an added advantage. So thank you, absolutely, that that is a positive. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, I think probably all they're doing less spays and neuters because they're already spayed and neutered by the time we see them. Is there, do you think there is a conversation to be had with the local humane societies, the local low cost spay and neuter that, you know, if they have people that are interested in stem cells that would prefer, yes. you know, we take and insure them? Yeah, and so I, I mean, I do, I do 
shelter work uh, periodically just to connect with people because of our own pet orphanage. And so, yes, they are, it'd be something where it'd be a relationship thing for them to know. So when they get that person in front of them, that it's not, you know, the economics, they have people pull up in Mercedes and, and, uh, you know, and things like that. And they're just taking it, you know, they're using their tax dollars. Um, but, but so when they get that person and that, you know, would want, you know, best medicine, then yes, those are caring people at those shelters. And if they knew there was an option of, Hey, if you would consider stem cell therapy in the future for your pet, Hey, let's, let's, you know, uh, you know, I'm here for you, but go, go back to your veterinarian. Good. Do you think there's a, and David, do you think there's a possibility of if the potential parents of this shelter animal that's not spayed or neutered that would express an interest, not only interest, but a, but a guarantee, I guess, as far as they will get the dog or the cat um, insured, get insurance on it, and then bring it to you for a spay or neuter? Or are they so... Have they been burned so many times by people saying, oh, yeah, we'll get them spayed and neutered and it's the last time they ever see them? Which, yeah, that, do you think that, there's an option there? You know, I think it'd be a, yeah, that, that'd be it's a tough, tough one. one because, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah because because it's, it's, it's the scale. It's the huge thing. I mean, that's when they have a policy to make exceptions like that, that's hard. They're, they're allowing, yeah. you know, you know, they're, they're especially depending upon the size of the organization. Um, yeah. You know, they, I so unfortunately, you know, I I'm an optimist, but it would take a special relationship, probably with a smaller organization, for them to allow that. Yeah, I hear you. I was just I was just looking for all the different yeah. ways we could take and and try to with without having to give the without having to give the house away. You know, when this. Yeah. When this all started, I know you're in my age group too. That you know, it's like, well, if you wanted to compete, you'd have to do the ten dollar spay and the five dollar neuter. Yeah. Maybe we don't have to do it that way. And it's to get back into that. I hate to call it a game, but to get back into the spay and neuter. It's surgery, and it's major surgery. A spay is a major surgery, and yeah. we we and- sh- we have to be paid for it. And I think we do a, I think veterinarians in private practice do a much better job than if you're talking about assembly line surgery, yeah. just by scale. I mean, they have to. And if I may just speak to that, my wife's grandmother's dog got <clears throat> recently spayed uh, after having been a breeding dog for two years. They got her spayed and uh, she was in perfect health and passed away from, from a blood clot the next day. Yeah. And that happens to all of us. I think that just, you know, veterinarians as a whole with standard of care in most in most uh, practices. I know when I started in practice in 1976, the standard of care was a lot different than it is now. Um, we monitor probably in my clinic now, we monitor our surgery cases better than most human surgeries are monitored. But I mean, that's what that's what the standard of care is now. But um, I, I, I would be interested in, in uh, um, 
you know, other people's ideas on how can we foster, how can we use this free banking of these stem cells, number one, to promote stem cell medicine, number two, to <clears throat> promote your clinic, promote your clinic as being the stem cell clinic, because you're going to have those people back. It, it, bond, it really bonds them to your clinic just by the fact that you are the stem cell clinic. That's, that's my feeling. How did, David, is that that makes sense. Yeah, to... no, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things that just grows. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's one of those, you know, the word of mouth and you can do your social media, do all your marketing. And for those that understand it, it's just hard to get the education out there, but absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you, you get believers, advocates, and those happy clients, they are, it's, you know, I mean, as you know, you know, you do a lot of stem cell cases and it, you know, it, 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 it grows it, and it feels, and it may and it not, feels good doing, yeah. doing good. It may not be the person that you talk to. That's why I, we, we try to offer it to every case that stem cells are applicable to. Yes. The owners may not buy it. I mean, they may not say, oh, well, they can't afford it now and they'll opt, opt for option B. That's fine. But at least it's been planted in their head. <laughs> And it may not be them, but it may be their neighbor, or it may be their 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 relative of some sort that we'll take and uh, and think Absolutely. about yeah, if their animal's they, injured. Yeah, they may go to the holiday party or their neighbors or whatever and go, oh, my veterinarian recommended stem cells today. Boy, well, what do you think about that? And it's like starts a conversation, increases starts a conversation. awareness. Somebody educates themselves further, and boom, yep. it grows. And, they may not need it then, but it's in the back right. of their mind. The seed's yep. been planted. There and you go. We're farmers. Yep, we are. <laughs> <laughs> As in stem cell, when we talk stem cells, we're always talking about the stem cell niche. There it's, we go. It's the area, the area where those stem cells call home. It's their home. So it's we're we're talking the, the same thing. You've planted the seed, you're getting these people thinking about it and that's I know we're broadening the the indications for stem cells that's why this banking program my god you've got the the cells are usually are a ton of a ton of vials for you to use in the future and the indications for for usage are the potential uses for these stem cells are how many how many Dylan, how many how many uses a year are we going? In, in 2010, there was really one use, and that was arthritis, osteoarthritis. Has Medivet just looked at, or have they compiled a potential list? This uh, I may be putting work on you. I don't mean to do that. <laughs> as far as potential potential uses of stem cells in pets, as far as as what people are using them for, or maybe we need to, maybe we need to send, send you or, or have you uh, um, send out a, so people could re reply on what they're doing. I know Doc, yeah. if Ann England gets on, she'll have to put several, several, several pages together because she uses it on everything. Dr. England could write a book on it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she could write the feline, she definitely the feline practice. I've never seen anybody quite like, yeah. like her. And, but. And, and to that point, having them banked, then, you know, you have the patient, whether, you know, the autoimmune disease, the liver, the kidney, whatever ailment already that, you're, that you're worried about the anesthesia and the harvest, 
well, boom, you already got it. You already got it. Next day. Call Medivet, yep. get them sent out next day. You're in yep. business. I, I, to me, yeah, I'm excited huge. about, I'm excited about it from the standpoint that my God, this is a, this is a game changer. This is a game changer as far as, as far as stem cells and, and pets. It takes a lot of their argument against banking away. It's gone. There's, there's no argument. There should be, there shouldn't be any argument about doing this and then um, um, having the, having the, the stem cells banked. But, yes. Ah, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm excited about it. I think it's great. Absolutely. How, David, how are you doing? I know you'd, you've had stem cells twice or three times now. Twice, uh, 2010, twice. 2015. Yeah. And still holding so, together okay? Yeah, yeah. I had seven joints done. Yeah. And, uh, I, think, so, yeah. I think Dr. Bird, I think Dr. Bird's had him on, on, I, if Dr. Bird's on, I think, I think, uh, the Dr. Bird had him on himself. If I remember right, I don't know, maybe he'll jump yeah. on and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that he'd had stem cells done. Do you know Dylan? Yeah, I believe he, uh, I believe he did. That's why he's one of our, uh, that's why he's one of our biggest advocates. Absolutely. I'm, I just, uh, when I saw that, it's like, sign things up. This is, uh, let's, let's, let's make this fly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yes, I've had, you know, I'm a huge advocate, you know, human and veterinary. So yeah, when you talk about practicing what you preach, you know, when I talk to clients, <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and so there, you know, there's been countless clients who themselves then have gone and pursued stem cell therapy. Stem cells. Right for 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 them for their pets and themselves. Dr. Hilly, I have a, I, I, just out of curiosity, does it does it help in your conversations with pet owners that you've had it done on yourself? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would, I would. Be. I mean, I I don't pull them, you know, afterwards. Sure, like, sure. But I mean, I mean, you find that you it know, makes I the have. conversation a lot easier, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like I, you know they. I think they sense my passion for it and belief in it. And it's like part of the why behind that is, is, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm living it. Absolutely. I, I think it's got, have you gotten any rebate checks from the local stem cell clinics that are on the human side? Because I know I'm in my case, I've referred a ton of people to them that have had stem cells. One of them was a classmate of mine that I sent. She's had it done twice now, but mm -hmm. In fact, Rexanne used to be on quite a bit. I think she's tied up right now. But um, the the stem cell clinic should be given to veterinarians because my advertising uh, sent people. The advertising that I did on radio sent people to them. I know, and uh, telling people about it and talking about their pets, and pretty soon they're out getting it done on themselves. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe my rebate check will get to me about the same time as yours. Yeah, last time I asked, they said it was in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear yeah. you. Anyway, oh, no. heck. I know we got people out there with questions this evening. I Absolutely. know Dr. Carlisle, you had a you had a specific question for Dr. Snyder earlier on in the call. Um, are you are you still with us, Dr. Carlisle? Yes, yes, I am. And so it's a um, it's about an eight and a half year old um, female spade Doberman and. She had um, <clears throat> a, well, she she had a neuropathy with her, uh, you know, cervical instability, and about a year ago, 
she was having a lot of uh, nerve root signature of her left front leg and some difficulty. And it was kind of rapidly progressive. And we sent her to Madison to the university and they did an MRI and then a ventral slot procedure at C6 and 7. And so it's been a year later. She was never um, completely normal, but she could get around pretty well. She always had a little residual limping with the left front, but now she's having significant limping with the left front. And the owner um, read one of my articles on stem cell is and asked me about it. She's not real inclined to uh, go back to the uh, MRI neurosurgery route. And, and so she's intrigued by it. I, I think there may be some help that we could provide, but I'm a little worried about, I did take some radiographs and, and, you know, we can identify, of course, the, the problem at the C6, C7 that they did repair, but we also have an issue at uh, C4, C5, C5, C6. And, um, and so I guess my question is, how should I proceed with this? If we're going to be using stem cells, Dr. Snyder, and I spoke a little bit, but I guess I would like to get everybody's opinion. We we're talking about doing a combination of PRP and then stem cell therapy, and then potentially retreating at 30 days, 60, 90 days, et cetera. But um, any, any feedback as far as prognosis? I did give her a fairly guarded prognosis, even if she went the surgical route. Um, I mean, she's aware of that, but she wants to try something and would rather not go back to um, going the surgical route. So absolutely, I know that we'll get we'll get Dr. Haley's um, opinion on this too. I, I know we talked a little bit. I I thought it would be a good approach to do the intrathecal, try to get stem cells into that uh, into that um, the cerebrospinal fluid, and then uh, if you can, that's an awfully deep area to try to inject inject into, but try to get some paralumbar or paralumbar, paravertebral um, uh, stem cells on the outside. But um, David, what what do you think? What, how would you handle that case if you're doing stem cells? Not sure if Dr. Hilly is still on with it's us. Still but on. Oh, if, I anybody, if anybody else has any okay. thoughts or yeah. opinions on that, we'd love to hear from you. Can you hear me? Did you? Oh, yeah, there you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly I think intrathecal is best but you know i believe we've you know anybody who's used them has seen the benefit just from you know deep parallel you know paravertebral uh injections um so you know again it's just a matter of people's comfort their resources you know additional expense and all but you know Arguably, yeah, getting it into fecal is gonna gonna be the best. But again, we've seen response. You know, getting it getting it close is good enough with uh, stem cells, hanger nades, and horseshoes. There you go, Dr. Carlisle. You also did a did a really good job of of giving a realistic realistic ex, expectations to the owner as far right, as right. when you give. I mean, the owners, if they know you're being honest with them, and you give them your best assessment of the situation, your best uh, prognosis of what the of what's going to happen, and let them make the decision. I don't think there's a there's a pet owner out there that wouldn't appreciate um, 
and if it doesn't turn out well, they had input into the into the um, um, uh, decision, and it wasn't one that you twisted their arm, you didn't strong arm them, you didn't tell them, you didn't you didn't um, uh, sugarcoat it, <clears throat> you didn't sugarcoat it at all. So I think I think the owners prepped for you know they're of course they're going to be hoping for positive outcome, but if they don't. I think they're going to be happy with just the fact that that uh, you had tried when no one else would try, and you gave their animal a chance. I think in a lot of these cases, it's a matter of of letting the uh, of of trying. These people, I, I think, if you're trying and you're sincere in in your attempts, the owners are going to be fine with that. I, I in in my case, I that's the way I approach them as I try to have as honest a conversation with the owner. So they're on board completely before that animal ever goes, uh, before we ever schedule the stem cell procedure. They know what I'm expecting and they trust my judgment on that. And I think the same thing from the way it sounds up where you are, you're Bill, you've got that trust with your with your clients. You always say under promise, overperform, right, Dr. Overperform, yep. And right. yeah. So I think I think that that would be that would I mean it's it it may not work but I think your best chances would be would be trying that and and doing both the uh, the stem cell uh, injections as well as the PRP injections into those right doing I combining to, the two two when separate I'm doing, when I'm doing the paravertebral I do them together I'd put the stem cells PRP intrathecal combined. Oh. And then okay. I would, I always like to use a little bit more PRP when I'm doing, when I'm doing these, these uh, pervertebral injections to get more volume, mm -hmm. dilute it with a little bit more PRP so I can, I can get more sites or I can inject more area. And so what volumes are you, what volumes are you um, injecting? On a Doberman, I don't think I would be too awfully afraid to go like a like a half a mil intrathecal. I hope I'm not okay. grossly over um, grossly overstating that, but I I would imagine some people will try to remove a little bit of the cerebrospinal fluid when they do that. But I think your volume should you shouldn't elevate the elevate the uh, uh, the pressures at all. By, by getting a half mil. Okay. A lot of and then people the talk, I'm sorry. Oh, and then the pair of vertebral injections? Those are ones, depending on how many sites you think you can get into that. I mean, on a Doberman, those are going to be deep. Uh, yeah. That's on, a, on a, a big muscular Doberman. I don't know how, how muscular she is. I would probably be using, using x-rays trying to Gauge where my needles are, trying to get it as close as I, I could to those uh, uh, articular facets. Vertebra, yeah, to those, to the, yeah. the 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 vertebras I could. Okay. It, it's going to be an exciting. That would be an exciting case, it, and it sounds like you've got the owner informed enough to where, like you said, they don't want to go back to Madison for more surgery. They're they're looking for an option. 
Right. So I, right. I think that I I think you've I think you've done your due diligence to 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 get that. Well, she's, she, I, I think she's well-informed and she's realistic about the expectations. We may have a non-responder. Um, she's also realistic that even with more surgery, you know, Dela yeah, may right. not do well. Yep. And, um, and, but she, rather than just choosing euthanasia, she wants to at least try something. And so that's kind of where we're at. You're offering her... Mm -hmm. You're offering her an option hope. to keep her friend yeah. to keep. You're offering her hope. You're offering her an option to keep her friend alive. How much more right. could you ever ask? How much more could right. you ask of a physician anywhere than to do that? You're trying. I applaud you for that. Right. I think. I think the owners win, lose, or draw. The owner's still gonna. You've you've got a. You'll have a lifetime advocate in that owner. Are there any other questions out there? Anybody else that has a interesting case or a, a success story that they'd like to share with us? I know it's the the first podcast of the new year, but we'd love to hear from you if you have a success story or an interesting case as Dr. Carlisle had. You know, Dr. Carlisle, we, uh, I want you to keep me updated on how that case turns out. Absolutely successful, and we might oh, end yeah. up having you on this. Uh, we might end up having you as a guest on this webinar sometime. Oh, <laughs> well, I sure will keep you up to date. I'm, I have an interesting case. I have a, a cat that had really severe herpes virus uh, infection as a kitten. And, uh, of course, we treated with the idoxurodine and the famcyclovir. And, uh, and, and of course, there was, by the time we saw it, it was a human society cat. And by the time we saw it, um, the litter mate, uh, they, they, at the Humane Society, they were calling him One-Eyed Jack because the, the one eye was completely scarred shut. And I tried to do some surgeries to re, uh, repair that and open up the eye. And we had, you know, fair, fair results. But the problem with herpes virus is, uh, you know, what are these, uh, these herpes virus conjunctivitis and, and the severe scarring that we see? Anything that you do, any cutting or any surgery that you do, you really have to stop that that uh, inflammatory response because it just seems to get worse, and uh, and and that's a bit of a nightmare. But this this other kitty has always had uh, slightly cloudy corneas and um, the anterior chamber. Um, there is just a bit of a you could see an apparent cloudiness with it, and and this this uh, cat also has. Uh, this, the third eye that are the nictitans is also scarred to the uh, sclera, and so it's always up. It's always maybe covers about you know, 35% or 40% of the globe, of the cornea. And so, you know, I've talked to some ophthalmologists about it. In fact, they even sent uh, for a second opinion. Uh, uh, just to see if there's anything they can do. And they're concerned with uh, doing any sort of release of the adhesions caused by the herpes virus, any sort of surgical procedure that it could become much worse. And of course, you know, they say that nothing can be done. And my opinion is, well, we just haven't figured out what could what be done do? that would work. Well, so I started using uh, PRP drops. Good. In this cat's eyes, 
and they are clearing up. And initially, I used full strength, and now I have it diluted out to about uh, uh, one to five, one, one to six uh, dilution with uh, sterile saline. And she's continuing the drops just twice a day, and and it's been a couple weeks, and these eyes are looking better and, and more clear. So um, we have enough PRP frozen that you know will last her probably close to oh maybe two months, maybe two and a half months. But I'm thinking as the reaction and the improvement that I'm seeing with the eyes, I I just want to try to go in there and with just a light sedation and uh, a topical anesthetic and do just a little trimming, not a lot, and just observe, see what kind of response we get, and then go back maybe in 10 days or two weeks and repeat it and see if I can't remove and free up that nicotine so it can kind of move back down into normal position. Any thoughts on that? Do you have uh, surgical quick. laser? Do you have surgical laser by any chance? You know, we have we actually have a couple um, of the companion therapeutic lasers, and we use them all the time. And, and I've seen dogs that have been paralyzed for six or seven days. This is before stem cell, uh, six or seven days completely paralyzed and, and, and walk normal, not bunny hop, but walk normal. So what we do, I, I've, I've done that for years and years and years, uh, therapeutic laser. I'm amazed by what I've seen with responses. Um, but well, I was, the, the I was just wondering laser, about, but, I was just wondering about a surgical, surgical laser to help to yeah. to um, um, remove those or, or try to cut those adhesions. Yeah, the the I've never, you know, I've used surgical lasers in the past, had them in the office. Never, honestly, I've just never have been totally impressed because we're burning the tissue and we're cutting it. And I yeah. know there is a. There's a, uh, a learning curve, and there's the use the least amount of power possible. But I know uh, some plastic surgeons and some human cosmetic surgeons that are clients of mine, and they would never, ever use a surgical laser on a, on a human patient. Okay. And we've, Be we've, because uh, of scarring. Right. We, we, uh, I'm, yeah. we, we've had one for 20-some years. And, in fact, most yeah. of the... Most of my associates won't even get a scalpel out. They're entirely 100% um, surgical laser. We've got a CO2 laser, which is different yeah, than your yeah. diode lasers. Do burn the do burn the crap out of things, but CO2 lasers yeah. are so tunable. But anyway, it's just a thought. But I I applaud you using the PRP. I think that's that was what I was going to say when you were initially talking about it. Get some PRP in that that guy's eye. That, it sounds like there was a protein flare in that aqueous. Mm -hmm. That means there's yeah. there's an immune component to this. So actually, actually, if later on, if you want to using using stem cells on this cat, would not be a bad bad thing to see. It sounds like you've got an immune, like probably immune directed toward that toward that herpes virus. You're never going to get rid of it, but it's one. One to try, and I, I thought I heard someone else with a comment. Was that uh, Ann? Yeah, it was. Hey. Um, I'm sorry. I kind of tried to jump in, but I didn't want to be rude. Um, oh. Hey, everybody. It's funny. Uh, it's like deja vu. I have. I, I was going to say, are you in Birmingham, Alabama? Because <laughs> I have the same case you've got. And I, I, I mean, uh. 
it's uncanny that you bring that up tonight because I'm faced with that and the owner is electing to do uh, stem cell. She's saving her, her money, but I've gotten most of the inflammation out of his eye looks pretty good right now other than we've, you know, got adhesions and the cat has a chronic sinusitis and those I've had wonderful luck with, uh, the chronic sinusitis cats of anybody. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one in, in the world, even though, um, uh, Dr. Snyder says I should rename my clinic Last Chance Veterinary Clinic. No, I did not. Uh, yes, you <laughs> but, uh, you know, I get a lot of these really nasty, snotty cats in here. and um, But it's just amazing. Uh, it, it, so far, I've had uh, really good results, and I've got one just like you're describing. So we'll have to share uh, results. Um, I've, I've looked at this cat's eye a number of times, and I feel the same way. I feel like I can loosen this up. So I'm going to probably do that at the same time I, I do the stem cell. Um, so okay. I'll, I'll keep you informed and, on that, too. Yeah, and I and certainly I think I would be interested in also trying to do the stem cells. But if you're going to do the stem cells, are you going to then bait uh, the, the remaining and oh, maybe yes. treat a oh, couple yeah. different times? Oh, yep. yes. And then IV, IV as well as. I, yeah. I use a large then, kid on a cat. I, if I can't, if I, unless I have an extremely small, you know, uh, uh, underweight cat, I, I always go for the large kit because I want as many aliquots as I can get, especially on those uh, chronic um, sinusitis rhinitis cats because they will definitely need, need retreatment. Uh, I've got a flame point Siamese, though, that so far has gone two years without a, a, a recurrence. And yeah, the owner is, they got a whole litter of these cats, uh, and they kept every one of them. They got, you know, eight eight cats, kept every one in the litter. And this one, uh, which is their favorite, of course, it always seems to be, uh, had terrible, terrible rhinitis, sinusitis, and we treated him at zero and then 30, repeated it at 30. And that's been two years ago, and we haven't had to retreat yet. He's looking great. I saw him just the other day. And that's intravenously, the stem cells intravenously then, you know, or both? I, both I, uh, I, I've gotten, uh, oh, you know, this one I, I did uh, IV. I've gotten a wearing cats. I always give a little bit IP. Um, mm -hmm. No matter what I'm treating them for, Dr. Snyder and I have had, had a, a long talk about that, and he could he he, he could uh, you know um, add add to that because he knows more of the science behind it. And I I hope you realize that I volunteered you this evening. Oh. Did you? Yeah, oh, you're sorry. writing a you're writing the book on stem cells in cats. Cat. I think. Didn't I? Didn't I, Dylan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure did. You need to come out with a with a book and uh, we'll, we'll pass it out to all of our partners. I, I was wondering if your ear was ringing when I saw your phone number pop up. Oh, no, this. I actually, I, I, I'm sorry I didn't get on there earlier, but we just had a, a super oh, busy no, day and ran over. You're good. I just thought it was funny because literally as soon as Dr. Snyder and I were talking about how you should write a feline stem cell therapy book, I saw that number pop up. <laughs> well, you know, I, I listen to you and, and, and greatly appreciate and, and have done, you know, to date more dogs than, than cats. But, you know, when I got into this, I um, I thought, whoa, why aren't we doing more with the cats? And, of course, cats don't have the orthopedic issues that dogs tend to. But, the, you know, there's so many, um, you know, internal medicine, um, you know, diseases that just there's no good answer to and so I keep trying stem cell on them and so far haven't been disappointed 
I, I love it in the pancreatic cat. If anybody's listening who is faced like I am with um, all these pancreatic cats that come in, um, love it in the pancreatic cat and renal cats. And I could list can go on and on. Stomatitis, rhinitis, sinusitis, you know. But with your if, IP if it use, <laughs> yeah, but if you're if you're doing the IP use, you're also going ahead and and kind of covering them with. What what's that you get? I I don't have it written down. That you give them at the same time to cut down oh, adverse reactions. I, I yeah, because cats. I've had a few that that develop almost an asthma like. Um, right. It, it's not too not too scary, but you if you really are astute, you will notice they breathe a little hard um, for a couple of days, and I, I don't get that if I give them five milligrams of Monte Lucas, which is Singulaire. And you theorized that it had to do with the complement, cat's reaction yep. to, to complement. Um, and uh, you, you don't have to do it more than a day or two. And the lovely thing about Singulaire, you can grind it up, mix it in the food. It's totally tasteless. Owners can, even if they can't pill, they can get it down the cat usually at home for that second day. Um, but, it, it, you know, I'm still super excited about it. Sorry, I, I still have laryngitis. I, I, I've had four weeks of laryngitis since <laughs> I had the flu. And I don't sound like myself, but um, maybe that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's super excited, and I will let you know about that cat that that sounds like this other person is talking about. Because that I mean I'm thinking, gee, I have the cookie cutter of that that I'm gonna do it on. Um, and it's good to hear someone not good to hear that someone else is faced with it, but it, it's it, it's uh, it, it'll be good to to hear how that case goes also. And it's it's also the thing of where you know you may think you're the only one, and to everyone else that's out there listening too probably by discussing things just like you did, you're going to help a number of other people that may have the same case or in the future will probably see a very similar case to where they can go ahead and utilize it then. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks for getting on and talking always. I, and I wasn't kidding. I did volunteer to write. Oh, did you really? Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't on yet. Actually, I got in here and, and my, the battery in my mouth was dead. So uh, I had to go scuffling for a double A battery somewhere. <laughs> that's the first case that's died in your, or the first animal that's died in your clinic. Oh, the mouse. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, that was a good one. <laughs> I had to think about that. Yes, you're right. It died, but Hey, I revived it with a double there A. There you go. There you go. That's why you're the best Dr. England. I'm sorry. I said, that's why you're the best. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I can just get over this laryngitis. I tell yeah. you. Well, hey, we, we got we, stem cells. We got stem cells for that. Sure yeah, do. Yeah, I, I would love to have them for me. I, I, I think about it all the time. And actually, I heard you talk about clients. I've had three clients who, who uh, pet we did stem cells on, and they've had it done too. Yep. Um, with varying degrees of success in the human, I think uh, the ones that did the best were the ones that went to the uh, clinic that derived them from fat, from adipose tissue. Absolutely. And the other thing is with humans, a lot of times they do not use the activated PRP. They just use, they, they don't the quick and dirty, the I call it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. they, just, they just pull the blood, spin it down, spin concentrate it. the platelets, mm -hmm. and inject platelet-rich plasma, mm -hmm. just completely rich rather than the factors. I think that's a huge, I think huge that's a issue. huge issue. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. 
uh, in talking to humans who've had it, you know, done, the clients, uh, a number of them have had it done. And I, I was initially astounded that that's the way they do it in humans. And some of them say they get good effect, you know, uh, almost immediately, a day or two afterward. And others have told me, and I imagine it's because... Yeah, it takes a month, and yep. often they get worse before they get better yep. because it's not—it's not you know a, a, a more purified and activated um, you know substance like what we use. So um, you know. Well, the humans will learn one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, and it's always good when you're on. Oh, I always look so forward and wonderful and to talk to y'all. I've been out Island. a while because I've been—I was sick and for about two weeks I almost had to write to people because I had the worst laryngitis I've ever had in my life. Well we uh, we appreciate you joining us nonetheless Dr. England and thank you Dr. Carlisle for coming on and, and your contributions and questions and you as well Dr. Uh, <coughs> Dr. Hilly, Dr. Hilly and uh, Dr. Bird. We appreciate you guys coming on and uh, contributing to us as always. Um, be sure to check out our website, www.medivetbiologics.com. Don't forget that all of these webinars are posted on our podcast page. That's Medivet Roundtable on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star review. Pass it along to some of your veterinary friends that are, you know, have some questions about stem cell therapy. We got some great cases. Dr. England hosted one. We have a number of uh, number of awesome podcasts up on iTunes, including this one that'll be up tomorrow. So um, again, everybody, thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Uh, we'll see you next month. Thanks. Thanks.